So you guys get a special treat because it's not just Garrett. It's Garrett and Emily. So um, uh, you got to turn that one. There you go. Got it. So uh, if I haven't had an opportunity to meet you, my name is Garrett. I'm the youth minister here um, who gets to lead worship sometime. Uh, and one of the things that I love when, uh, when whoever's speaking, um, whenever they tell, tell us to like, give the worship band a hand, I really appreciate that. And I, I love our worship band today. They did a great job. So I think we should give them a hand. So today we're going to do things a little bit different than normal. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little bit and Emily's going to share a little bit. Um, Emily is my wife. Um, and uh, we have a baby girl, and we've been parents for a little over three months, and it's been amazing. So um, why not have two rookie parents talk about fathers and being a parent and stuff like that, because it's kind of shocking right now. So um, I'm going to pray, and then Emily is going to share, and then I'm going to share, and then we're going to go from there. So let's, uh, let's pray together. Lord, we are so thankful for our church, and we're so thankful for a place that we get to come together and to worship and to, uh, to hear from your word. And, and God, I just pray in this time that Emily and I share from, from our stories and um, the things that you've laid on our hearts. God, I pray that, um, that you would speak through us and that you'd speak to um, everyone here. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Happy Father's Day. As Garrett said, my name's Emily. I'm his wife. Um, first thing you might notice about me is I'm not a father. Thank you. <laughs> and um, but I have felt led to share this piece of my story for a long time. Um, I've been avoiding it, but this year God just really um, put it on my heart that I needed to share my testimony on Father's Day. Um, today is my least favorite day of the entire year. Some people don't like tax season, and some people, there's an anniversary of the death of a loved one. Um, but for me, it's Father's Day that I just got to get through. I just have to wake up and kind of just go through the motions, especially at church, um, because we're celebrating and we're excited and we're so happy about um, the good dads that God's given us. And it's just a day that brings up a lot of um, hurt and unanswered questions for me, and I just try to grin and bear it and get through it. Um, I've had a strained relationship with my dad since I was about 12. Um, he is an addict who has just continuously chosen drugs and getting high over his family since about that time, since I was 12. Um, he had some anger problems before the drugs, but then after that um, started, those the anger problems uh, turned into violence, or he would just be gone for days at a time, just absent. Um, he was in and out of you know, withdrawal and binges and kind of this and 12-step programs um, until I was 17. Um, and at that time, he kind of cleared out the bank accounts and left us, um, which was really hard. Um, I also spent my entire life in church, which is where my story is kind of confusing um, because we were one family at church and we were one family at home. But I have this really amazing mom, um, godly mother who introduced me to Jesus when I was really young. And, you know, children get this special vantage point from the inside out of their parents. And I know that she is who she is because of Jesus. And that when life didn't go as she planned, she clung to the promises of God. All of this to tell you that I've heard God referred to as a father my whole life. Um, and my most up-close personal 
experience with a father includes pain, abandonment, um, you know, rejection, abuse. And I just always come to this, and I, do we have to call him Father God? Um, and uh, Galatians 4, 7 says, You are no longer a slave, but a son. And because you are a son, you are an heir through Christ. So what's amazing about the Bible and the Holy Spirit is that each of us will hear something different sometimes because we need it or God's trying to teach us a certain thing. And I wanted to illustrate that for you today. Lovely Kelly is going to throw a picture up here. Okay. So I have a psychology degree, which means I can Google things like this. And laugh harder, please. <laughs> um, thank you. So <laughs> if you look at this photo, there are two images, right? There's image of a face, two faces facing each other, or a chalice in between them in the white. So raise your hand if you saw the faces first. Right? Okay, great. Good. So this tells me about you, that you are very um, relational. You're good at identifying emotions in others. You're probably a friendly person. Okay, raise your hand if you saw the cup first. All right, that probably means you're a serial killer. Mark, get that checked out. So I show you this because when Garrett and I hear Galatians 4-7, we hear two different things. Garrett hears, okay, um, there's an inheritance. I'm a, an heir of Christ, and I hear you're a son. You, you, are, you belong. Um, and it's hard sometimes. I, if you've been around me for very long or if you've ever left your daughter alone with me, you know I'm very girl power, and I can get scary sometimes. I was, like I said, I was raised by a single mom. Um, but I don't want our culture's view of men and women and equality and feminism to take away from what scripture was saying. Um, there is a difference between sons and daughters when it's in the Bible because, you know, daughters could be loved deeply and well, but they were not sons. They didn't get a piece of the pie or the inheritance. And so when scripture says you're a son, it means you're not just a daughter, you're a son. You get part of the inheritance of Christ. And so th I think that's really important. And it's especially important to my story because um, my dad had three daughters. And from a really young age, I knew that he didn't want us. Um, he believed that God had punished him by giving him three daughters instead of a son because of some things he'd done in his past. And so he repeated often to me that, um, you know, he, I was not what he wanted. Um, if you have daughters, if you have a daughter, I totally understand if sometimes you get in a moment and you think, why me? I get that. Um, but this from my dad just turned into, um, we can turn off the weird faces too, sorry. Um, turned into part of my identity. I just let it sink into me um, and become part of who I was. So, you know, you go through school and college and you do all the right things all the right ways, and you find the right guy, and you, um, you know, try to behave. And in the back of my head, it was always me trying to um, get my father to love me. Just every time I accomplished anything or was having, a, you know, one of those big moments where mom takes a picture, it's, I wonder if this time, like, if this is the thing that will finally get my dad to love me. Um, so I never felt like enough. Um, I'm a new mom, as Garrett said. And a few weeks ago, my mom and I were just talking about how my stepdad, Scott, and my father-in-law, Mark, are just kind of, like, ooey-gooey about this baby girl. <laughs> like, gross. <laughs> ooey-gooey. And, you know, nothing she does is ever going to be wrong, and it's going to be a huge problem when grandpa and grandpa are like, no, no, you're, you're fine. 
Um, so we're just, you know, future casting how that's going to look as she grows up with these two men who just love her so deeply. And even then, in that moment of joy, that thought popped into my head. And um, I thought, you know, my dad hasn't contacted me, hasn't reached out, hasn't wanted to see his granddaughter. And I said out loud to my mom, um, nothing will ever be enough for him. And some of you, that just like goes right through your chest because that's how you feel on Father's Day. Nothing will ever be enough for this man. And then some of you um, have a wonderful image of a father and, and you see something totally different when we say God the Father. Um, so as someone who's fatherless and grew up in the church, I have a tendency to watch dads and their kids. Um, I just, you know, observe. And so I've been blessed with my stepdad and my uncle and my grandfather and my best friend's dad. Um, I've gotten to see them live out the gospel in their families as I grew up. Um, and those have been so important to me uh, as examples. But my favorite example I'm going to share with you today is of Garrett's dad. Um, we got married, and then we went to State Farm because that's what grown-ups do. You get insurance policies. <laughs> um, so we went, and they, you know, clicked around, got my information from my mom's account, and then they get into Garrett's dad's, and the lady pauses, and she says, oh, um, it looks like there's a $1 million umbrella policy <laughs> that your father dropped last week. And I started laughing because the moment that Garrett moved out, Mark dropped that policy. <laughs> He's my problem now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what you need to know about how Garrett grew up is um, he grew up in what we call the big house. And um, 46 acres of land is this giant house that was constantly full of other people's kids. <laughs> and there was a go-kart racetrack horses, hunting, and my favorite, a um, hundred yards from the back door was Garrett's paintball field that he created. So one million dollars probably wasn't enough. <laughs> um, and, you know, I was just stunned by this, and I was like, no, we're not, mm -mm, we're not carrying that policy, thanks. But um, Garrett's reasoning was, well, of course, you know, my dad had to have that policy because of all the things I had going on out there. And what's cool about Mark Lavalt is that he does not hunt, he does not ride horses, he does not drive go-karts, and he does not play paintball. Um, so everything that he did and, and let his son have on that property was because he loved his son. And that was just like such a picture for me that I hold um, because it's just so beautiful. He really didn't have to have that insurance policy. He could have said, and if you know Mark, he's a banker. So he could have said, you know, it's my money and it's my property and it's my insurance policy and we're not doing it. But um, I just love that picture of a father who just gives recklessly and insures the whole business <laughs> just in case <laughs> uh, because he loves his son. And so I'm a writer and a reader and I love a good um, story arc. So, you know, characters change and there's a good beginning, middle, end. And a lot of times I feel like um, God does not understand my outline that I have planned, and um, we struggle over that together. So when we found out we were pregnant, I immediately knew, right, just divine knew it was going to be a boy. And um, flash forward, oh wait, I knew this because obviously I had struggled with my dad, and you know I'd honored God through that, and I'd behaved, and I was a good 
Christian girl, and so God was going to give me that firstborn son that uh, he didn't give my dad. I was going to get that. That's how that story arc was going to end. Um, and flash forward to that 20-week sonogram, and it's a girl. <laughs> and I was just immediately crushed. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> I was immediately crushed. I just had all these fears just pour in on top of me. You know, is Garrett going to be disappointed in a daughter? Um, is she going to have to live like I have, of just never feeling like she's enough? Um, and, you know, why didn't God hear me when I gave him the outline? <laughs> he did not listen. Um, so I was just so frustrated, and I went through that for weeks and just wrestling with the Lord in prayer over that. And I was driving at one point and arguing <laughs> with him, and he, I just had this image of a father-daughter dance pop into my head. And if you haven't put it together yet, I really hate those things. Um, I don't actually sit through them. I get up and go to the bathroom and hide in there until it's over because I just, it's too painful to watch in, in ways that I can't even put words to really. It's just too much. And um, I just felt the Holy Spirit say to my heart at that moment, like, I'm going to give you one that will not be painful. This is a gift. Um, you're going to get to watch Garrett dance with your daughter, and it's going to be a joyful moment instead of one that hurts. And um, I just was blown away, which, yeah, God's so good, and he knows what story he wants to tell over us. But I just see now that God is redeeming my story, my, my character arc is being redeemed by having this daughter because I get to watch front row late nights, early mornings, 4 a.m., dirty diapers so far, <laughs> but there's going to be a whole lifetime of me watching a father love his daughter, um, and that's going to give me the gift of understanding how deeply my heavenly father loves me, and so um, I have a daughter. That's pretty cool, but um, my takeaway for you today is if you are a good father, which we have so many in this church, I, I asked Garrett if I should list them or call them out, and he said no because there's too many, and we want to get to lunch, so if you're a good dad, just know that there are kids like me watching you. Um, we're watching you. And not in a creepy way, but just <laughs> just to know Jesus more. We're so starved for that understanding of, of what comes so easily to people who do have good fathers. I'm just so starved for that. I'm, I'm looking all the time to understand who my Heavenly Father is. And you've been such a blessing to show that and to share that um, by how you love your families. If you are... Uh, a man in the church who's not a father, um, again, still, fatherless children are watching you. Um, believe that our church has wonderful, wonderful, strong male leadership, and I just would encourage you today, Father's Day, even if you're not a father, um, the fatherless are still watching you to understand who God is and what his character is. Um, if you are a bad dad, if some of the things that I've said maybe describe you, um, I just want to tell you today that there's hope in Jesus, that I believe it's never too late to change, but you need to get the help that you need. Um, and then if you're a single mom, which you have a special place in my heart, um, I just want to tell you that there is no amount, you can love your child as much as you want to, but there's no amount of mother love that's going to fill that space that a dad belongs. And so you need to get your child into church where there are these have these uh, spiritual fathers, these godly fathers around them so that they can better understand their heavenly father. And then lastly, um, children who, that's all of us, I don't know if you knew, 
um, just take heart. I don't know if this day is hard for you or easy, but we do have a good, good father. Thanks, Em. Um, so, yeah. I, I don't know that there's really a whole lot more to say than that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and talk to you because uh, I'm a new dad, and <laughs> when I saw the opportunity to possibly speak on Father's Day, I'm like, yeah, th I definitely want to speak on Father's Day because it's so fresh and so new. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow up with, with some of my own thoughts because um, I've been a dad for a whopping 105 days. Um, and what I've learned in those 105 days is that I c uh, in a lot of ways to our baby girl, um, I'm not as relevant as mom is because I can't feed her the way that mom can. And, um, and so I've kind of got a disadvantage and she doesn't really realize how fun I am yet. Like that just doesn't matter to her. Um, one day she'll appreciate it, but right now she doesn't. Um, so my role, because, um, I'm limited is, is like diapers. And so I changed some diapers and uh, I do bath time, which is a blast. Um, she's not pooped in the water yet. So aces, um, and then I get to put her to bed, and I, I love to put my baby girl to bed. Um, it's, it's my favorite thing. And sometimes it's really quick, and sometimes it takes um, a really long time. But I love it. I treasure it. It's something I look forward to every day. And in that time, I, I get to hold her, and I get to rock her, and I talk to her, and I tell her to shh. And then once um, she, she closes her eyes, I get to pray for her. And in those times, whether they're at, you know, 7 o'clock at night or um, 6 a.m. Um, I've learned some things, and I wanted to share some of those things with you. And the, the first is this. Is, uh, children are a blessing. I love my baby girl. Uh, she's the best, and every time I get to hold her, I think, oh, my gosh. I'm so blessed to get to be her dad. And, and I, I think it's important that we recognize that. I think that as parents, if you're a parent, uh, that you recognize how blessed you are to get to be a parent, because some, sometimes uh, that doesn't happen for people. Um, and, and I think that it's important for those of us that are parents to recognize that our children are a blessing. And if you're not a parent, um, there's, still, there's still a lot of relevance to what I'm, I'm going to share. But um, I, know I want you to know if you're not a parent and you want to be a parent, um, your church is here for you and praying for you and is with you. And so um, I, I don't want you to... I don't. I don't want you to see. I just think that we, we don't see where you're at. Um, but if you if you are a parent, I want you to remember that your child's a blessing, and and it's not just because we like our kids. Um, because sometimes, you know, I don't always like my daughter um, when she's screaming at me. Um, but the Bible even talks about kids as a blessing. I mean, Psalms talks about um, how children are like um, a quiver of arrows, and Proverbs talks about the blessing of grandchildren. And Jesus loved kids. And so, um, and so kids are a blessing. And so if you're a parent, um, I want to share something with you. In the youth ministry world, there's a, um, a group called Orange. And Orange specializes in assisting churches help parents be the very best parents as po or they, they could possibly be. And um, one of the things that Orange has released lately, it's called the Phase Program. And it's leaning into this idea that, um, you know, like, oh, it's just the phase, you know. Um, like, th they're wetting the bed. Okay, it's just the phase. And what what 
they are doing is they're encouraging parents to say, it's just a phase, but I don't want to miss it. And a few weeks ago, we did a baby dedication, and every parent got this red book um, that says don't miss it. And it talks about the importance of, like, cherishing the moments, cherishing the moments. And, and um, there's, a, there's a specific illustration they use of putting a marble in a jar for every week that that child will, will be um, in your home from, um, you know, birth to graduation, and it comes out to be about a thousand marbles, and which seems like a lot. And then um, I was at a, um, a church conference thing in Decatur, and I saw a marble or a jar of marbles with um, my little girl's marbles in it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have enough time, because <laughs> like it's it's when you think about it like that, when you look at it like that, um, when you start to measure the amount of time that you get to influence your kids, uh, I think that you begin to see them as a blessing, and so. Um, If you're a parent, value your kids. Don't wish the time away. Um, I mean, that's something that I've I've been learning when I've spent time with my girl, and I hope it's something that you remember, too, just to value that. The other thing is um, I've never prayed more to look more like Jesus in my entire life. Um, So I'm holding her, and I'm praying that, you know, she sleeps through the night, and, uh, you know, she, what? What? Yeah, I just I just never never prayed more in general. But uh, you know, I, I'm praying that she won't poop out of her diaper in the night. Um, but I also I also pray um, for myself, and I, I just wanna I wanna look like my heavenly Father because, like Emily shared in her story, um, some people don't get that. Um, some kids don't get that. Uh, they don't get a, a father that models um, the character and the love of of God. And I want to be. A dad that when my daughter thinks about the way that I, I loved her and cared for her, that she sees somebody who loves her the way that Jesus loves her. And that's not a difficult thing for her to to be able to draw the lines to. And so um, my encouragement to you, whether you're a parent or not, is look like Jesus. Look like Jesus. Um, for your own kids, if you're a parent or a grandparent, yeah, look like look like Jesus for your kids. They need to see that. They need to understand grace and love, um, and they're best going to understand it by the way that you live your life. But if you're not a parent, still look like Jesus because, like Emily said, other kids are watching you. Other kids are watching you. I get to work with teenagers, and it's awesome um, because it, it's not just their parents that come out of their mouth. It's grandparents. Like, sometimes they'll say something. I'm like, man, that's, that sounds like something your grandpa would say. That's terrifying. <laughs> but... uh or you know, hey, that's that's something that that's that's something that somebody does in the church, you know. And I see those things, and I see the way that they they mirror those things. And, and you know, the thing is, kids are watching you, whether they're um, in preschool or whether they're in high school. Um, they're watching you, and they're looking to see what you're going to do. And so, be like Jesus. Strive to look like Jesus. And the three action steps there are: first off, you got to know what Jesus looks like. Um, you got to know what Jesus looks like. If you're not if you're not actively looking in your Bible to see how Jesus lives his life, you're not going to look like him because you don't know what he looks like. So you got to do that. You got to get to know Jesus. If you're not getting to know Jesus, you're you're missing it. That's step one. The other thing is pray. I think it's a a noble thing, and not just because I pray it, um, but I think it's a noble thing to ask God to make you more like Him, give you His heart, give you His character. 
Ask, ask God to make you more like Jesus. And the other thing is make it happen. You've got to make a conscious choice to act like Jesus. It's not enough to know. It's not enough to pray. You actually have to do. And then the last thing that has dawned on me in these late nights with my baby is I, I begin to understand God more. Jesus instructs his followers um, when he's teaching them how to pray to, to call God Father, our Father in heaven. And I think it paints this picture of a, a loving and an approachable God. And then um, we see that by faith in Christ, we become children of God, which tells us that God wants us as children. And like, that's like the beauty of the gospel is that God wants you as his child. And over the last 105 days, I, I've begun to understand grace and love and sacrifice more than I ever, ever have. Um, I, and I know that, like, I'll never, I'll never love her less. And there's going to be times that she hurts me. There's going to be times that she makes a decision that um, hurts my heart. And there's going to be things that she says that I wish that she wouldn't. There's going to be times that I have to discipline her. And it's going to stink. And I know that there's going to be times that, that she's going to hurt me. And, and those of you that are parents, you know that to be true from experience. And those of you that aren't parents, you know that to be true because you've done it to your parents. Then the other thing is I, I know I'll always want her. I'll always want my girl. No matter, no matter how um, much she hurts me, no matter um, how bad she poops her pants, um, I still want her. And I'm always going to want her. And I think that teaches us a lot about God because I'm an imperfect father. I'm imperfect. And every other parent in here is imperfect. But if I love my kid that way, how much more does a perfect father love me and love you? We have a God who never loves you less, even though you hurt him, and he'll always want you. And that's the heart of the gospel. Maybe you needed to hear that today, that you have a heavenly father who wants you. You're desired by him. Because I think we all want that. We all want to be wanted by somebody in, in the king of the universe. The Lord of the universe sent his son to die for you. That's how bad he wanted to call you child. So if you need to hear that today, I hope that that sinks in. I hope that's something that encourages you. But to wrap everything up, I think we both want to say three things um, to three different groups of people. First off, if you're a parent, value your kids. Love your kids. Don't wish the time away. And be like Jesus for them. Act like Jesus for them. Try to, try to look more like Jesus today than you did yesterday. And you keep doing that day in and day out. No, it won't always be easy, but I promise it will be worth it. If you're a man, men of the church, we need to be reflections of our Heavenly Father whether we have kids or not. And we have big shoes to fill. And if you're somebody who that does not describe you, somebody who wants to reflect the love and the care that our Heavenly Father has towards us. If that's not your story, it's not too late. You got time. You got today. It's not too late to change. And everybody here, we want you to know that our Father in Heaven, He loves you. He loves you more than you can understand. He wants you. He sent His Son to die for you, and we hope that today that you remember that. I'm going to pray, and then uh, we're going to continue to worship. Father, we're so thankful that we get to call you Father. 
that we get to call you dad, and that you love us, and that you sent your son to die for us. And Father, I pray that we look more like you every day, that we make that a priority in our lives. Father, if we've been blessed with children, I pray that we value them and cherish them. Father, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.